Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here with you. Joined alongside by the fantasy hipsters, Matt Franciscovich, Matt Harmon. I was first. Same. You were indeed. That's fine. Beard, what's I, going I'm, on? What up? I'm kind of sad, but also kind of – I had fun yesterday, but I was also very sad because, you know, Stefan Diggs and Jordan Howard were on my bench. So, oh! you know, it's going to get right in. I didn't go with my gut, and I got caught up in the narratives of the week, and it, indeed. I got banged in a big spot. Yeah, you did, man. Uh, it was a great slate of games. All week, man. TNF kicked it off. It was awesome. Wire to wire. like Amazing. Surprising performances. Yeah. Great games. Oh, my God. Thrilling finishes. Overtime. It was awesome. The tilt was real. It was amazing. We got the whiz kid from Wisconsin. Alex Gelhart, what's cracking? I think I finally hit uh, season form. You know, yeah. you – you talk. You hear players always yeah. talk about first couple weeks. Sure. They're not quite in in season sure. shape yet. But <laughs> yesterday, yesterday I logged like a 15 hour day. Yeah. Because uh, I did. I filled in on uh, the radio for one of the hosts. So I was there at seven. Did an hour of that. Oh. Came here from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Basically. Good God. And then uh, I got like five hours of sleep. But I'm ready to rock today. I'm feeling not good. even faced. So even no, faced. it's like that's why earlier in the season, like that's week awesome. one, week one, I had one of those Dragon. days, and I was like, I woke up, I was like. I was like that dog in the gift that pops out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm feeling good, so I think I think match you know game fitness has has come back for me, which <laughs> game fitness a welcome a welcome thing as we uh, nice we get approaching <clears throat> the first month of the season here. Boy, young boy, what's cracking? Oh man, uh, yeah, it is that it is the season. I uh, feel a little <laughs> feel a little fat, you know, already. Oh, for uh, sure. Well, I went to the gym last night after the Sunday night. We game. get it. You work out, right? God. <laughs> Gotta let you know. But anyways, and I'm like, yeah, I'm back in here with all the psychopaths at like <laughs> 9.30 at night. Like, what is the life situation for all of you people that you're here right now? Maybe I know. they just like working out at night. It's nice. I mean, it is much less crowded. Yeah. But but I'm like. It, I think that's I feel, probably a big part of it. I yeah. feel like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I'm there. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, I got, this is the only time for me to be here. Uh, I don't know, like, what your axe murdering schedules is. That like, that's why you're all here. But this is the only time I can be here. Wow. Producer Chris in the building. What's Good morning, up, guys? How Yo. you doing? What's cracking, man? You know, still recovering from football. the Chargers' loss. It was a tough one yesterday. Oh my God! So you can't brutal. you can't turn the ball over against the Chargers or against the Chiefs rather, much less three times in the first half. So 
That'll get not you. good. Puts you behind the eight ball a little bit. That yep. was not uh, a little bit. That was not good. All right, we got a big time show in front of us here today. We're going to talk about top performers. We'll talk about your biggest disappointments. Uh, we will get into Jordan Howard and Stephon Diggs and all those guys that um, exceeded expectations. We'll talk about some target leaders, give you some waiver wire guys that you should pick up. And you know what? We're adding this to the rundown as well. We're doing EDG on a Monday, baby. We're doing EDG takeaways. Every damn game, we're going to give you takeaways from every single game that happened in the NFL, um, and we will get to it. Now, normally we start off with news. Normally we start off with your top headlines. But we're in a climate now where you just can't get away from the whole political thing. And I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've hit a lot of politics on the fantasy podcast because – there's not a lot of room for it. Maybe, maybe in DAPs no somewhere, one cares, really. right? <laughs> but off the top of the show, we don't really do it, right? But the bottom line is it's forced in our face because the president made comments and um, made some very disparaging comments about, uh, about NFL players. Here we are in the NFL. We're doing an NFL podcast. You kind of have to address uh, – that situation that's just lingering everywhere. And we've seen it everywhere from, you know, Rich Eisen doing a, a, a great statement, handling it very professionally. I, and just such a difficult, such a difficult topic to address and to handle because that's really not our wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not. And I will say that this weekend, I think if you're upset right now that we're talking about this, like t- too bad, like the whole stick to sports thing is obviously pretty much like putting the put in the grave and we didn't ask for it to be put in the grave like sure that, that got put on us but this this weekend was a weekend of football that I think I will remember uh for probably the rest of my life uh or at least as long as I'm watching the game because it was just one of those instances and you know Alex and I talked about this before we were going into a movie on on Saturday but the funny thing about people that are b- very bothered by uh, the anthem protest, and and I'm not, but I understand other people's perspectives of why it does bother them. I think one thing that like they're like, you know, it's fine if you want to protest, but you know, do it some way else where where it doesn't offend me. But but that's the point of protest is to have a, like for it to be a thing that that gets you talking. And I think that's what this weekend was all about to yeah. me is like the whole country is talking about it. Football, like every pregame show is every, talking about every it. Every pregame show. And, and uh, this morning I woke up, I listened to the daily podcast from the New York Times. The NFL story was the top story on yeah. the daily for our, you know, quote-unquote paper of record in the country. It's crazy. Ah, it was just, I don't know, man. It was, it, and I get it. Um, a lot of folks don't want to hear about it and don't want, you know, they want their sports to be their reprieve. But it's just, and look, I would like nothing more than to do that. Yeah. I would like nothing more than do that, but man, it's awfully tough when you know the president's forcing it, forcing the issue. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I think, and, oh. and I think a lot of the players, I think a lot of, of the players addressed it too in their postgame comments. Yeah, exactly, and in their pregame comments as well. And I just, my heart goes out to them. I, man. I was gonna say I liked what Derek Carr said. He said, you know, whether he was like, we're all a unified team and we wanted to be out there and show everyone that whether we were kneeling or standing, that we're all unified together. Sure. And that's like the most important thing to me is like, you know, these guys are like, they're like bands of brothers and they just want to show like whatever side you're on, just they're unified. And that's the whole point. Don't be divisive about it. Right. And I think the other thing is uh, kind of to piggyback off of your point, Harmon, that it's important when there are these protests talking that, 
uh, even if you disagree with it, the fact that somebody is protesting is because they have something they they need to say or they feel that they're being disrespected for. Right. And it's important in those instances, even if you disagree with it vehemently, to actually listen to what they're saying yes. because they wouldn't be doing it without a point. They're not just right. doing it to grandstand. I mean, the very first person to do this, Colin Kaepernick, drew no attention to himself. You know, he was kneeling off to the side in a in a, uh, preseason games, and yeah. it was only one astute beat reporter caught it and then saw it on the tape, and then that started this whole national conversation. But right. to end uh, this point that I want to make, I just want to give a quote. I want to read a quote from uh, the Dalai Lama who, had, who said this, when you talk, you are only repeating what you already know, but if you listen, you may learn something new. So it's it's yeah. fine to have different opinions and to you know stand for what you believe in or, or kneel for what you believe in, but the important thing is, when one of your fellow Americans believes that they need to make a statement like this, just listen to what they have to say. I love if that you, quote. If you still believe differently afterwards, that's fine. But I it's love just, that quote. It's important that you need to listen here. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this as well. And, uh, you know, raising a, a child has uh, really kind of taught me about myself and, and, how, pe- and how people listen, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I, I'll say this, man. It's like, look, I get that people get crazy fired up about this situation and about this topic. But can I offer a little bit of advice? And I know this is going to sound, I don't know how you're going to take it, but, man, don't don't get that fired up. Take a breath. Take a breath. Think about it. Just think about it and just take a breath and then move on. I, I would just say don't get that fired up about it because, I mean, at the end of the day, what? the hell are we talking about it's standing or kneeling for the flag people have different life uh life experiences people have different thoughts and beliefs just take a breath let them believe what they want to believe and move on it don't impact your life man that's just my thing i don't get why people get so fired up about it um i mean i guess i do but that being said it's like look uh, i just take a breath. Well, what you're saying, I mean, people's different life experiences, and this is another thing we're talking about this weekend, is that, you know, and this goes back to a lot of what I did in school and, like, uh, you know, with sociology and all that sort of stuff. Like, people's recept- per- perception – or reception. I was going to just go – Ah, reception. reception. <laughs> Always got to squeeze obvious. his People's, people's uh, like, perception, yeah. that influences their reality. Like, yes. reality is totally what you perceive it to be, and other people have different life experiences. And, like, that's what Gelhar is saying is that – this is a time when I think we should all listen to each other. And I think the NFL players did a really good job of showing that this weekend. That, yep. Like you were saying, Franchise, it's we, we do not all come from the same place. We do not all believe the same things. But there's a common goal for all of those people. And I hope that like as a country and as a, you know, a society of human beings, we can also get to that point. All right. So there you go. Great conversation off the top. Uh, and, again, I appreciate everybody kind of bearing with us. Uh, on that one, we can, and I know it's not necessarily our wheelhouse, but you know, we just—it's just, man, it's the elephant in the room. So there you go. All right, let's talk our top headlines and talk football. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Man, I'm legit bummed out about this first story, man. Darren Sproles reportedly tore his ACL and broke his arm Mm. on the same play Sunday. That came in Philadelphia's dramatic win over the New York Giants. It's likely the end of the road for the great 34-year-old running back. But, man, that just bums me out. He has been a great player 
uh, in this league for so very long, very effective, and just has a great magnetic personality as well. Everyone who's uh, ever played with Darren Sproles has nothing but great things to say about Darren Sproles. Just ask Drew Brees. He's had a sneaky, incredible career. He has. Un unreal. He's been really, really good. He's one of those players that every year in the draft, some player gets compared to him. Oh, yeah. And they're never yeah. actually <laughs> Yeah. Tariq Cohen might be the guy that like actually breaks that mold, but but there's that happens every year in the draft. Yeah, man. It's been cool. And I remember seeing Darren Sproles all the way back at K-State just doing doing the whole, you know, roadrunner thing with the legs churning <laughs> and everything. It's it's he's just a fun player to watch. Dude, I've always you know? loved watching Darren Sproles. I think I actually said yesterday before he got injured, I'm like, man, this guy's a marvel. He's like thirty five four years old. It's crazy. Like five foot nine out there, you it's know, ripping through people and yeah. It's it's sad to see potentially his career end this way. All right, let's talk about from a fantasy perspective, though. Wendell Smallwood played 43 of the 76 offensive snaps uh, for Philadelphia. Corey Clement, though, uh, got in early as well and also had a nice TD run. What do we make of the injury news, and what do we make of the Philadelphia backfield? I, and also, it should also be noted that the reports of LeGarrette Blunt's demise greatly exaggerated, apparently. He got uh. in there and got a touchdown as well. My, my sister has was hitting me up right before the game like hey I got offered a trade uh Stefan Diggs and and somebody else for for Gronk and Laguerre Blunt and my response was just well Blunt is worthless so and then like 30 <laughs> minutes later she's like hey Blunt just scored a touchdown do you even know what you're talking about I was like yeah, no carries last week no carries none none but well, I, well for 67 this one if we if we learned anything from week three is that we learn nothing from week two. Yeah, that's fair. That's what we learned in <laughs> Agree. <week three. laughs> Agree. I think, yeah, I think Smallwood's the back to pick up, but you're right. Like, in a lot of these instances, we're doing our best to draw conclusions, but a lot of these teams are still searching for identities and starting to find them. Uh, and the the Eagles are we're getting to run the ball a little better with Blunt and Smallwood, so this is could be a turn. I mean, it's going to be a committee, but Smallwood is certainly worth an ad, and Clement's just a name to circle on the, the deep waiver wire radar there. I liked his TD run, though. I thought he solid. looked good there, um, coming off tackle there. But, yeah, um, <clears throat> in, it's I saw this comment being made a lot, too, is that the preseason is now officially over. You know, for a lot of these guys, they yeah. didn't really get a lot of snaps, you know exactly. what I mean? So now now that they've gotten the snaps and, and gotten the run, they look a hell of a lot better here in week three than they did in week one and two. All right, let's talk about Oakland. Oakland was just shut down <laughs> Sunday night. In a week where a lot of crazy stuff happened, this is up there in terms of just totally unexpected. Wild. Oakland getting completely shut down. Cooper and Crabtree combined for two catches and 13 yards combined yeah it's yeah. insane but Cooper was on the injury report with a knee coming in uh I think Crabtree left the game with a chest injury he did but that was until late though yeah I mean they were getting absolutely just manhandled uh by the secondary in Washington there it led to this I mean just epic Josh Norman rant who said quote whatever you do do not run your mouth if you're a wide receiver and expect to show up Sundays because I'm telling you, we are here and we are waiting. Whatever that young cat said, Coop, go and take it back. Crabtree, I've got nothing to say to you. Yes, I may be cover two, but I'm cover one, too. I'm going to cover one. I'm going to cover two, cover three, cover four, cover all of them. Wow. I love I love it. <laughs> I Burn. Say, there's, there's not much better than, than, than Josh Norman when he's on his high horse. Oh, yeah. my God. He's the best when he's uh, – after a win, he is the absolute best. I love Josh Norman. All right. Uh, what the hell, though, happened to Oakland, man? I think uh, they kind of made this point uh, on the ATN podcast last night as well, but this was a signal that this Oakland offense is going to sink or swim with Derek Carr. 
and he struggled out of the gate. He threw two ghastly interceptions. Horrible. And then his off his protection surprisingly failed. He he he'd had good protection all season, but you had wrote about that Harmon right with the Washington pass rush being a little underrated. I, I did, yeah. In the next gen stats column on uh, Thursday, I talked about yeah that Oakland had the pretty much you know top of the line pass protection coming into this game. I mean, they allowed a pressure rate of literally zero. Yeah. Uh, against the Jets in week two, uh, 8.5 for the first two weeks. That jumped up to 18.2 pressure rate allowed against uh, Washington, who does have a really underrated uh, front seven. When they can get cooking, they can pressure the quarterback. Coming into that game, they were top five in pressure rate. All right, so um, I guess is it just a blip on the radar for Oakland? I mean, we still believe in the offense, right? It's not like yeah. this is a sign of things to come or anything. No, they have too many talented pieces. They'll They'll get right. Okay, what about on Washington's side? Do we actually believe them defensively? I mean, this is the game plan that a lot of football teams would like to employ. Great defense, ball control offense, and effective passing game as well. I mean, Kirk Cousins was absolutely cooking. Yeah, he um, was slinging it from oh the Oh, my outset. God. Like I, and I was afraid because I, I, I waited a little while. I was like, I don't want to tweet this because I'm going to jinx him. But after like eight or nine <laughs> great throws, I was, like, I was like, dude's dealing. Yeah. And then yep. Marcus is like, you know he's going to throw a pick now. But he did. He, he, play, he played really well. And, and I mean, he he's well. got new number one wide receiver, Chris Thompson, out there racking up 150 <laughs> yards. That was nuts. O-W <laughs> on the depth chart. <laughs> Chris, they got Chris Thompson and Vernon Davis out there. In the rebirth of Josh Doxson. And Josh, oh, oh my God, Josh Doxson, catch. mossing fools. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's lost Emerson. One catch of the day. Yes. But it was so awesome. It was awesome. And we've been waiting out like two years for right. it. So. I think so what this means, though, is it's a little worrisome for Jamison Crowder and Terrell Pryor. They're, they're out oh, there yeah. They're out there yeah. a lot, but their target totals yes. are way too inconsistent. Yep. So I think you're going to – this team um, – and they made the point, Bill Callahan is there in the, offense now, in the offensive staffing, and he okay. always brings a good running game, which would explain why – this unit has been getting going. Rob Kelly was cooking yeah. a little bit. Mac Brown was going. Chris Thompson's going. So the I think only the person who wasn't going, Samaj P. Ryan. Sorry, James. Yeah, I was going to try and leave it out. Pour one out. Pour one out for, <laughs> for Samaj. But I think this is a good sign for Kirk yeah. Cousins. Uh, Evan Silva had a great tweet about how he's historically started really slow in each of the two games. Averages like 15 points a game, and then okay. week three, yeah. it's like 24 and up. He's off and running. He's off and running. So I think it's a good sign for him. But the pass catchers are going to be really hard. Let me just trust. apologize to the podcast listeners and to the Facebook Live listeners right now and the watchers. R.I.P. Samaj P. Ryan. <laughs> So I don't know. James, it happens to the best you of us. Know, no, here's the thing. I don't understand it. He was running uh, very hesitantly and running as if he was – the only thing he was concerned about was protecting the ball. Well, because he did well, not protect the ball. That's what happens when <laughs> your coaching staff says things like, we don't forget fumbles. Yeah, I do. Th that's... I mean, I think Jay Gruden's a pretty good coach, and I think a lot of other good okay. coaches have done this too, but – it is. Just, I mean, psychologically, just think about yeah. it. If you're like, I can't do this one thing. I can't do this one thing. I can't do this one thing. Oh, I did that one thing. Like, oh, I'm gonna ruin. You know, it's, 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 it makes you unable to do the other parts of your job that you got to do to be successful. It's yeah. one of. The, it's why it drives me nuts when coaches are so anal about the, the fumble thing. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Anyway, so P Ryan's obviously out of the mix, and I guess he hurt his hand and left that game as well um, on that fumble. But yeah. uh, if Kelly continues to miss more time, and again, uh, the initial fear was that he fractured a rib. They said he, it was a bruised rib, but regardless, he was inactive for Sunday night. Uh, if he's if he's not available, P Ryan obviously looks like he's out of the mix now. Is it Mac Brown? 
or is it just more Chris Thompson, who, again, 38 rushing yards, but good God almighty, 150 yards receiving and a touchdown as well? I think it's more Chris Thompson. He had more touches in this game than he had in week one and two combined, Mm. and it's not going to be a case where he's going to come in and get 25 touches a week, but they might turn him from a a six-touch-a-week guy into a 10 to 15 touch a week guy and then if that's the case you want him his big playability his pass catching volume as opposed to the guy that's going to get 12 carries on the ground oh man jay gruden did say two weeks ago oh we don't want to give chris thompson too much work because he's a smaller back and we we need him out there but i don't understand i don't see how they can keep dude has been their offense for two Uh, three weeks yeah yeah 100%. 100%. They got to get him in there. Let's talk about Jordan Howard. It's the return of Joho, baby. Uh, I'm mean, going to leave for this segment. <laughs> That's probably for the best. Yeah. This is versus Pittsburgh, who, again, has a pretty good defense. 23 carries, 138 yards on the ground. He also got five receptions on five targets. Led the team. 26 yards there and two touchdowns. It was a great game. What do we – I mean, well, let's start with franchise. Franchise, what do we make of the performance there? <laughs> really? He says he's going to – Look, look, look. I mean, look. Really, though. Okay, so, no, really though. so – Look, it's against your team. You, I, wa- you watched every snap of I, that game. I benched Jordan Howard in my most important league of record Yeah. because coming into this game, the everything was negative about him. He left last week with his arm in a yeah. sling. Yeah. Sunday morning it comes out. I think it was uh, Schefter said, uh, Jordan Howard is playing through a sprained AC joint. Yep. Everything in my head is like, I can't start this guy no. against the Steelers. Yeah. You take Steelers. one big hit, you're out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we saw him taking hits the whole time. And <laughs> it's he his was, running style. He was slow he to get up. There hits. was one time he was like squirming <laughs> on the ground, holding his arm, and then <clears> he's back got up. And ripping then he got off the ball runs. again. Every time he touched the ball, yeah, it was like he ripped off a 10, 15-yard run. It was total badass Yeah, seriously. His, his second touchdown was a bit of a fluke because – the long run by Tariq Cohen in overtime was called back. They said he stepped out of bounds, and then yeah. Howard got it at the end to win the game in overtime. But our next-gen stats pointed to uh, the return of guard Kyle Long in the Bears' offensive line. It's a big boost. How that affected the holes that Howard had to run to. He had right. uh, 2.4 average yards gained before a def- defender closed in. This is a next-gen stats metric. Uh, compared to negative .38, negative 1.57 in week one and Good two. Good God. So he Big was <laughs> getting through the holes past the line before defenders were close to him, and I think Kyle Long had a big part to do with that. Yep. And, yeah, t- t- uh, Tariq Cohen got work too sure and did. was great in PPR leagues. Sure did. And Over I th- 100 total yards. And I think we saw a scenario where, like we said, Howard and Cohen in these – Game scripts where the Bears keep the game close or are winning can yeah. coexist John as Fox, fantasy. Baby. This as is fantasy. Ar- Harmon knows this offense well all too well. This is the this is the John Fox fever dream like I've never seen before. <laughs> and and look, I mean, I was on this podcast saying last week, like if you drafted Jordan Howard, you're Sorry. screwed. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm screwed because I was very wrong on that thing to say. Uh, but you know, look, the Bears are kind of like a, a sneaky okay team. I don't think they'll be. One of, like, the league's embarrassment. I mean, they don't have anything close to, like, an acceptable passing game. Yeah. Right. But their it's defense is pretty good. I mean, they they kept it tight with the Falcons. Especially the especially one. at home. They're yeah. Yes, at Very home. Very good at home. Yes. Yeah, it's a good unit. I mean, Fangio and Fox are good coaches, and they have – They've two, definitely coached up the defense. Yes, and they have two dynamic uh, running backs. And it's funny, like, Tariq Cohen's, like, this hot new thing, and I think we're, like, pretty quick to be like, oh, Jordan Howard. But it's like – He's a the second year back too. I mean, he's a young. These are two like young foundation points of their offense True. on rookie contracts, and I mean, it's a it's a exciting for for that perspective at least. Ad, Adam Rank and I had made this point in um, 
and and don't skewer me, all right, Twitter. But this <laughs> this combination of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen reminds me reminds me. I'm not saying it's a perfect match, but it reminds me of the Lendell White. Chris Johnson duo that we saw back in the day in Tennessee. It's just we had that big bruising back, and then we've got this game changer as well that is not doesn't profile as an every down guy, but man, this guy can make some electric plays. Now, I'm, again, I just it just reminds me of that. And and actually, I think Adam Rank had pointed out there was uh, I think the running backs coach uh, there in Chicago was in Tennessee as well. Well, during that time. Yeah, I think Loggins, the offensive coordinator, is at least. Oh, that's uh, who it was. It was it was Loggins, yeah. Well, two things on that. One, shout out to Adam Rank for being like the one of um, among, I think, everybody on the NFL fantasy team that said don't bury Jordan Howard. He was true, true. obviously correct in that assessment. But uh, also, like, what is Jordan Howard's, like, tequila intake? Because wasn't uh, Lindell White like a big uh, <laughs> that's tequila true. intake? No, that was his That was his downfall. It yeah. was Lindell be- White's downfall. It so he better do be- at least get some numbers on that to look okay, at. Good. He better be intaking nanobubbles to heal up that shoulder. True, joint, true. Because he's on a short week now going into Lambo. Oh, that's going to Thursday uh, night. All right, so, so what do you do with him on Thursday? Do you play him? I'm going to probably you, you gotta gonna roll play him, him. You got to roll him out. Play him and hate yourself. I'm going to yes. hate myself. I'm going to tilt on Thursday like I do every week. <laughs> when, he gets, when he gets the five carry, 25-yard game, yeah, it's and just, he's just out. It's tough. Big difference is going to be if Mike Daniels plays in that Packers front seven. Okay. That's true. They're, they're already thin on the defensive line, and uh, Joe Mixon was just carving them up. And yes. like yes. As, the game, as the game wore on, that Packers game, the Bengals' uh, offensive line was just pushing – the and Packers' they, defensive line, like, yards they, down the field. They don't have a great offensive line either, the Bengals. No, they lost a lot of guys. But, I mean, it was the case where it was just a battle of attrition. Like, that was a weakness yeah. uh, coming into the Packers' this season was their depth on the defensive line. Right. And they were without two of their top starters in Nick right. Perry and Mike Daniels. So they were just getting blown off the ball in the fourth quarter. Yeah. All right, per Ian Rappaport, quote, Kelvin Benjamin Knee did not suffer a major injury based on early indications. One score said, quote, he's fine. Which okay. everyone's fine after they get injured. <laughs> Sam Bradford might play in one week, might play in six weeks. Yeah, either way, fine. He's fine. He's fine. Uh, but if anyone saw the injury to Kelvin Benjamin, he actually really got lucky avoiding scary. Uh, a very serious injury. He got rolled up on from behind, and his foot at the very last second did get free. So, but if it didn't, man, that thing would have turned real nasty. Uh, as it was, he grabbed his knee and grabbed his, I guess, his thigh and hamstring area um, immediately following the injury. He left in the first quarter, I believe it was, did not return. But um, this is good news. This is good news that it's not, you know, a very serious tear uh, of any, you know, ligament or, or muscle. So that's really, really good. Now, how much time will he miss? We're not sure, and when we get more information, we will talk about that. Uh, Doug Baldwin, his uh, he also left the game later in that Tennessee matchup. Man, that was a hard-hitting affair, yeah. Seattle and Tennessee. But uh, Doug Baldwin suffered a groin injury. Uh, that also not believed to be or believed to not be serious, uh, whatever that means. How much time will he miss? Uh, he, maybe he misses none. I don't know. Good to see him ball out finally, too. Yes. Like, 15 targets. He'd been getting – Decent volume and putting up like okay stat lines like yeah. for PPR, but like this was the kind of game where you were waiting for with Baldwin. It was great to see him do it on the road too, where the Seahawks offense on grass as well, as people have pointed out, typically isn't as great. All right, let's talk about your top performer. Speaking of Doug Baldwin having a great Sunday, we'll start with quarterback. We'll do quarterback and then wide receiver, and then I'll and I'll throw it to you guys sure. uh, to talk about some of these tandems here. So Tom Brady, uh, 378 through the air, five touchdowns. He was your quarterback one. Your quarterback two, Russell Wilson, 373 and four touchdowns case Keenum <laughs> ladies and gentlemen 
your quarterback three. 369 yards through nice, the air. Nice. Three touchdowns. Your quarterback four, Jacoby Brissett. 259 yards passing. A touchdown pass, but he threw in two rushing touchdowns as well. Amazing. Uh, let's talk about wide receivers, and, and again, I'll throw it out to you guys. But uh, Stefan Diggs, again, following a just a horrific Week 2 performance, comes through in Week 3, 11 targets, 8 receptions, 173 receiving yards, and 2 touchdowns. Brandon Cooks, he had a Brandon Cooks game. 5 receptions, 131 yards, and 2 touchdowns, including a 2-point conversion. I love when those random two-point conversions happen. Sammy Watkins on Thursday, six receptions, 106 and two touchdowns. T.Y. Hilton, nine targets, seven receptions, 153 yards, most of it in the first half. He had a touchdown as well. So, of course, the big storyline is Case Keenum and Stephon Diggs. What do we do there? Uh, do we believe in the whole Diggs resurgence with Case Keenum? So we were talking about this, I think, before we started recording, but this is the reason why I've never been able to let Case Keenum go. (laughs) It's because, you know, I always reference that 2013 game uh, against the Colts where he fed Andre Johnson three touchdowns uh, and just was – he looked like the next next coming of Tony Romo or something, essentially. Uh, And then also there was a game last year that I think people forget about that I forgot about until thinking about it this morning against the Lions where he dropped three touchdowns, completed 84% of his passes, like every 20 games – Case Keenum is going to give you one of these. <laughs> I will say, looking at like the next gen stats pressure graphic, like when he's able to sit back in the pocket like he was against the Bucks and not have a lot of pressure, he can make throws. And this again, like harkened back to that 2013 run when, you know, against the Colts in that game, he was just able to to sit back, pick apart the teams. And then I remember like two weeks later, he played the Ravens in Baltimore, who just you know obliterated him with pressure. So. Keenum has some I mean, this was against a Tampa Bay defense that was pretty good, though. Yeah. Yeah, They were banged up. They did start losing players, but, I mean, even just just right from the jump. Exactly. uh, He looked great. I mean, it it wasn't like, you know, eventually he started cooking when guys went down. I mean, even right from the jump, like I said. Uh, I don't know. The funny thing is, like, I mean, I played Stefan Diggs yesterday. I didn't bench him anywhere. but Yeah, but but here's the thing. Like, there's (laughs) no reason. But there's no reason to, like, pat me on the back here because I did the same thing in week two, and that was the wrong decision. And that's the thing why I don't try to live by mottos of, like, you always start your studs or, you know, you never – you don't do no. that. Because in week two, like, that was not the correct thing to do for Stefan Diggs, for Odell Beckham, for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton. Now this week, it was the correct thing to do. So I was thinking about that last night, too. The start, I figured the start your studs knots were going to be coming out in force, like, this is why you always play them. I'm going to be like, no. Cole, but that was the, yeah. the – yeah, it's – I don't know what the correct there's no that's there's just no hard and fast rules to these things. Sometimes right. it goes your way, uh, sometimes it doesn't. Because fantasy is stupid. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I will and say, I, I mean, and for I hate my life for Diggs and, and, <laughs> and I hate my life. <laughs> well, for Diggs uh, and you know, I mean, the guy's unfrickin' believable. Dude, he's so good. Like yeah. he's he's made a bunch of tight window catches. He's done everything. And he's Thielen, done everything. And Thielen's right there too. I mean, I said this after week one. I tweeted this out, and people were, of course, like. Too early, blah blah blah. But they're one of the best. They're up Duos, there, top absolutely. five, top five easily. And by the end of the year, I think he could easily be the best one to do in the league. Um, uh, before we jump on from the section, I just wanted to transition to Wilson, so we don't beat, you know, stay on that one team for too long. But sure. like, 
Uh, Wilson, his throwing motion stuff looked really off the first couple weeks. I mean, he was behind that offensive line, but he was missing throws. It was loopy. Like, I even saw some people doing comparisons to the Bortles, like, Uh-oh. huge wind up where it's That's not circle. anything you want. No, no, no. But uh, in this game, it, he started off really rough. There were, like, no points. But uh, I need to go back and watch it more closely. But what I saw in the second half was more of that. And I don't know if it was just superhuman Russell Wilson getting activated as he has frequently done throughout the years or he I, made a halftime adjustment or something, but his throw was a lot t- tighter. His passes yeah. were a lot crisper, mm. and he was just making the type of throws up the seam into Doug Baldwin around the area that you're like, that's the Russell Wilson I know. So I, I think, think he might be coming back now. I guess, I guess I would have concerns there because, again, as you mentioned, in the first half it was atrocious. And then it's when Tennessee built up a nice big lead. Um, I think they let their foot off the gas pedal a little bit, and then that's when Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense kind of took advantage. So I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a little bit torn on Russell Wilson. Obviously you look at the stat line and you say, oh, he had a great game. Oh, he had a great game. But at the end of the day, it's because a lot of it was because they were down. They dug us. I'm, I'm, yeah, st- I'm still exactly. saying the, you know what I mean? the throws that I saw were more typical Russell Wilson. Yes. It wasn't like, oh, Doug Baldwin's no, no, not being right. covered because yep. they're playing they're playing three deep safeties and don't want to give up a touchdown. They were they were tight window throws. There were yes. guys that were contested, and he was making crisp passes with the zip on them, not overthrowing receivers and stuff. All right, Jacoby Brissett and T.Y. Hilton, that's another combination that a lot of folks were worried about in terms of T.Y.'s production. Um, And he came through in a big-time way, seven receptions, 153 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, What do you make of the performance there in Indianapolis? I think the Browns make everyone look good. Mm, (laughs) That's what I think. I don't know. They've had a sneaky good defense, though. I mean, okay, I should. I guess I'm overstating the facts here. They're not. They're not I, the worst in the league. Is what I'm I just. I don't think anyone expected two rushing touchdowns for no. Brissett. Plus, you know that that boosts his day immensely. But we had talked about this in the podcast previously. Does having a guy like Brissett who can move and be mobile add a little bit of juice to this offense? For I was. Sure. I was more excited about it. For sure. Over a guy like Scott Tolzien, definitely. Exactly. I mean, Andrew Luck has legs too. Uh, and also, Frank Gore had 25 carries, but he only had like 57 rushing yards in this that's, game. Uh, he did get into the end zone. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going out to like trade for Frank Gore right now. Right, but you know, Bru- sell high when Brissett. Yeah, he's probably going to be in my sell high column when Brissett yeah. vultures two rushing touchdowns. But it was nice to see him connecting with. Uh, T.Y. Hilton. It was. Um, also, for the record, well, this was a good sign, and it was great to see Brissett uh, playing well with more practice time with the team. Yeah. They go on the road to Seattle in week four. Uh-oh. Oh, well, I mean, talk, sad. talk about for a soft landing spot for Seattle, too. <laughs> right. Yeah, we yeah. were just talking about, like, they should, if, if they're really back yeah. after a good second half, they should right. smash in that game. Also, Chris Carson. Ah, ah. Touchdown. there you go. Uh, Todd Gurley, 28 carries, 113 yards, five receptions, 36. I think the five receptions, that's a very good sign for Todd Gurley. He had three total touchdowns on Thursday. He was an absolute beast. Jordan Howard, as we talked about, 138 on the ground, 26 through the air, two touchdowns. <laughs> moving moving right along. Kareem Hunt. Oh, or, yeah, or buddy. Worst pick in the draft. <laughs> the biggest stretch in the draft. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, man, 172 on the ground and a touchdown. That guy's S- special. 69 so, uh, touchdown need to say. He's, I don't he's know. Special. He's been slowing down ever since. His it's only a three-game three right. sample size. Gradual decline. Gradual, <laughs> Gradual decline. decline. He has not hit 40 points yet again. I think it might be time to cut him. <laughs> Look, the, the, one, the biggest thing that uh, popped up here from our next-gen stats is that he was – running mostly to the right side behind Mitchell Schwartz, and he was it's probably before his 69-yard touchdown run in the fourth quarter. He All was right. averaging 8.13 yards per carry when running behind Schwartz. So Whoa. 
Nice. What? Schwartz was just dominating. Oh, that's great. He's a smart guy. He follows and... me on Twitter. So. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. So one um, good life decision. You know, it's it's interesting too because Kareem Hunt, I think he had put up and he put up an okay day. You know, he had to put up an okay day. It wasn't wasn't anything you know to write home about, but it was good, solid running back performance. Yeah. And then he just out of nowhere. They're trying to drain clock. Yeah. Out of nowhere, he just breaks one off Bye. for a 69-yard run to the house. Yeah, he's good. And we saw a little bit of that last week too, where he really had nothing going on in the first half. But as we've seen with a lot of workhorse backs, when they get going, when they get the sweat going, when the offensive line gets into a little bit of a rhythm, all of a sudden they start finding holes that weren't there in the first half. And and that's I don't know Kareem Hunt to me. And Dalvin Cook are, are great reasons why um, we have said this many times. Stick with one guy, man. Yeah. yeah. Stick with one guy. I don't know. I also think, uh, real quick on Dalvin Cook, I got a lot of questions about him. With Keenum being in this weekend and then yeah. playing the tough Bucks defense, people were like, you can't start him. And I was like, well, no, like he's at, at worst a low-end flex because he's going to get volume. Like the week before he had his – 70, 80 total yards or whatever, and had that touchdown call back. I'm like, right. that's a reasonable expectation again, but you know that he's so talented. He's got the home run ability. There's lots of upside with it. Yeah. So, And it's also, these are the running backs. I know we discussed this, and the C.J. Anderson call on me came back to bite me in the ass in a big way this weekend with him uh, tying Jamal Charles for touches. But I just oh. I would refuse to sell high on these workhorse running backs. No way. I got you. No way. Like Guys like Todd Gurley, like everybody immediately after Thursday Night Football were like, should I sell him? Should I sell him? Should I sell him? He does have a tough schedule. He does. But, but I mean, what are you going to get He's going to get the volume. Yeah, that's, that is the question. It's like, what? what are you getting back? Well, this is why trade questions are probably the most infuriating to like answer on Twitter because it's like, well, there's about 345 possible scenarios for us right. to talk about here. And I don't I probably even, don't care about 330 of them. I don't so, even like, what are we doing? You know, yeah. like, yeah, it's it's just I, – I don't know, man. If you can get something nice, sure, but there's not a lot of these guys out there. There's, no, there's not a lot of these and guys that are getting 20-plus touches on the guys pretty good getting, teams. That are getting scoring opportunity touches, which yes. Gurley has received all of them. And, like, Ty Montgomery, I know we all love him in this room. He hasn't been actually spectacular from efficiency, but guess what? Dude's getting the rocked by the goal line. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's, he's played more snaps than any other running back. So oh, like. by far. I mean, he played 93% of the snaps uh, in week three. Jamal Williams played five snaps total. So, yeah, he's getting that volume, man. Uh, we talk about Dalvin Cook, 27 carries, 97 yards, uh, and a touchdown. He also had five receptions for 72. He has been special through the air. He has been absolutely spectacular through there. Even when the offensive line is not giving him running room, Catching the ball out of the bed, he just looks like an absolute natural yeah. uh, catching that football, and that is where he is making his hay right now. All right. Uh, Mercedes Lewis at the tight end position. Can we just fast Ooh. forward past tight ends? Like, <laughs> what the hell? It's like Gronk and, Gronk and a bunch of Unbelievable, man. It's just crazy. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, four receptions, three of them for touchdowns. <laughs> this is interesting, man. Mercedes Lewis had three touchdowns in his previous three years combined. Yep. Wow, uh, Rob. By the way, he he came out of school at the exact same time as Maurice Jones Drew. This guy is ancient, but he's still out there doing things. It's crazy. I asked I asked Mojo in the locker room, "Hey man, what's this guy's deal?" And and uh, and Marce and he said, uh, Marce all Mercedes does is is work out and eat right." That's all he does in the offseason. <laughs> and it shows. pays off. Yeah, he's still cutting an NFL paycheck. It's crazy, man. Rob Gronkowski, 10 targets, 8 receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Good game for him. Ryan Griffin, uh, here's the thing. If you want it to be in the top 10 
of fantasy tight ends, it was a binary code, right? Did you score a touchdown? Yes, no. Yes, you're in the top ten. No, you're not in the top ten. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's all it is. That's what you're banking on. Literally. That's the truth. Yeah, that's, that's the tight end game. But how about this? Ryan Griffin, Luke Wilson, Lance Kendricks, Jonu Smith, Adam Shaheen, Garrett Selleck all scored touchdowns. Between those one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys, including Mercedes Lewis, all of them combined have less than 1% ownership. Yeah. In Lance Kendricks? <laughs> yep. Lance Kendricks. He, he, caught, he caught a touchdown on a play fake, and then he had a, a big catch and run on kind of like a busted play. But like <sighs> that's why like if you're frustrated with the tight end position, stream it week to week. Yeah. And we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it. You write a column. Uh, I try to cover it a little bit in matchups as well. But like either a team that has bad oh. coverage linebackers and safeties, like the Giants are a good one to stream against. The Lions have had issues with it. Just pick up one of those guys and hope they get in the end zone. Like that's what Benjamin Watson did for everybody that played him this week. Yeah, he right. was, did he, he got yeah, he just got pushed touchdown. outside. He Fuck. was finished as the tight end 14 right now, heading into Monday Night Football. <laughs> Garbage time touchdown. But he was, so, he was so frustrating. three points out of being <laughs> the tight end seven. So, so stupid. Uh, let's talk about biggest disappointments here in week three. We'll go through it quick. But Cam Newton, 167 pass yards, three interceptions. He did uh, save his day somewhat with a rushing touchdown and 16 yards on the ground as well. Joe Flacco put in a negative performance, man. Nope. That was offensive. What? 20? Yeah. I, this is true. This is a true stat. 28 passing yards. 28 passing yards. No. Total. That's on two interceptions. This was kind of this was kind of predictable. Not that he'd have 28 yards, but that he would struggle. I mean, they, not only did they have to travel, but like. Joe Flacco hadn't really done much at but all in the past. Twenty-eight game. passing yards. What? That's craziness. Philip Rivers also a big-time disappointment. Two hundred thirty-seven yards passing and three picks. Yeah, he was uh, one of my guys this Ow. week. Not great, Bob. Flo- flopped on that one. Uh, Alex Gellhart, talk to me about Cam Newton. Uh, I think we gotta. You gotta panic a little bit. You gotta yep. search for another answer yep. at quarterback. He's he's clearly not right. His shoulder. Um, I was saying this on the couch yesterday. It looks like it is clear to me that it's still a shoulder issue because. The way he's missing throws, like Cam's had bouts of you know erratic passes throughout his career, but he's missing a lot where they're either way short or way over, and it's like it seems like the kind of thing where he doesn't, his motion isn't right, and he's either thinking it's normal and it's way short, or he's overcompensating and chucking it a mile over the player's head. And I don't think he just he just doesn't have confidence in the shoulder yet. Yeah, no, that's it. And this, this offense just isn't right. And talk like, about you can't trust it. I mean, yeah. they, he threw two passes. In, I know. in the in the preseason, right. and, and hardly threw all that much in training camp. And he didn't throw deep. And no, no, and and not to mention, like you said, this offense is broken. Greg Olson yeah. out for an extended stretch. Kelvin Benjamin probably now out for an extended stretch. Uh, Ryan Khalil is a big – he's one of the biggest X factors on the offensive line. He's missed the last two games. That's why they mm. can't really power run with Stewart or McCaffrey. So, Khalil's a good player, man. Yeah, Very and, good. And their tackles aren't good, like his brother, Matt Khalil, not good at left tackle. Uh, but they've got a great interior offensive line, but when Khalil's out there, it's just a mess. So, yeah, this offense is in, is in trouble. Uh, do you drop Cam Newton, or do you just put him to the bench? Yeah, he's a streamer. I, I think mean, he's a drop streamer. Him. Just drop this, him. Yep. This was his get-right game against the bad Saints defense, and he didn't get right. Saints right. defense missing key players in the secondary. It's There's true. Ex- excellent rookie corner, Marshawn Lattimore, <laughs> yes. and uh, one of yes. their safeties, I think, was out too. So, yeah, drop him. Like, I'd drop him and yeah. pick up Jared Goff. Yeah, who okay. cares? Whoa. 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 Yeah. Uh, it's, but that's the, way the, that's the way the quarterback <laughs> position is. Who cares? Yeah. Like, don't get attached to these guys. Yeah. Like. No, I'm also saying, like, and, and pick up Goff because he's got a good matchup this week. Where did he go? He's playing the Cowboys. Get it. He's got 10 days to prepare for the Cowboys with right. that, that offense that's cooking right now. All right, at the running back position, your biggest disappointment is Jay Ajayi versus the Jets. Oh my Jay God. Ajayi versus the Jets. Dang it. 11 carries, 16 yards. Wasn't he in, like, every one of our perfect lineup? Picks? Yes. Yep. 
He was my <laughs> RB1 for the week in, in the rankings. What the hell happened there? Ty Montgomery, 50 total yards uh, in a relatively good spot there. Shady versus Denver. Uh, you kind of felt like this might have been coming, but 14 carries on 21 yards is obviously not great. He's, by the way, he's averaging 2.9 yards per carry on the season. Hmm. 2.9 yards per carry on the season. Last two games have been against phenomenal front sevens, though, in Carolina and Denver. I, yeah. The reason I bring it up, though, is because it's a one dimension. I mean, we talk about Chicago being one dimensional. I mean, this is one dimensional. Don't what, you the, what dare the, slander Tyrod. I don't even think right it's. Right a, is it, I don't even think it's so much a Tyrod thing. It's not as, a Tyrod no, thing. He's kidding. got no receivers. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Andre Holmes is, is is one of his top guys. Like he, they they don't have weapons on the outside. Yeah, like Zay Jones is not ready to be. A number one receiver. I mean, Jordan I don't Matthews. Think he was that kind of prospect. Yet right. Jordan Matthews is still new there, and these guys also don't really fit with what Tyrod does as a as a quarterback. Either. They don't so have a they don't have an explosive backfield player like uh, Tariq Cohen in, in Chicago. They, it's a mess. It's very one note. I mean, it's super monotone offense. It's Shady McCoy, and that is it. But I tell you what, man, I, I've got long. I mean, I've got big concerns with Shady, especially holding up. N- Knowing what we know about uh, the number of carries and, and workload that he's gotten, and man, these last few games he has just gotten beaten up. Man, these are tough, tough carries he's putting in. So uh, again, um, but but Shady did have 69 total yards on the game. So nice. Uh, I will really really quickly say about Ty Montgomery, um, he could be a good buy low candidate too because the Packers' offensive line has just been ravaged with injuries ravaged. in these last Fair. couple games and have been playing some. Good athletic defensive fronts. You know, the Bengals have Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap, and they yep. drafted two rookies there. So he's he's getting a lot of plays where he's getting crushed behind the line of scrimmage. But he's seeing tons of volume. Once Bulaga and Bakhtiari come back, and Lane Taylor, their, one of their starting guards, got injured this last week, if they can get that offensive line healthy, Watch out. Ty Montgomery could start being a lot more effective with his touches. To your point, too, the Packers, too, as we've seen the last couple of years, it takes them a few games to start gelling offensively, as we've seen uh, the last it's couple the of years. The most frustrating thing as a fan to watch that <laughs> offense with so much talent just, like, lack an identity for the first month of the season. Like, why do I do this every year? <laughs> and then just catch fire. It's in just, the last just Groundhog Day. Yeah. I wake up and, like, all right, it's September. Can't wait to watch them put up 17 <laughs> points. <laughs> That's great. All right, Shady. Oh, we talked about Shady. I'm sorry. C.J. Anderson, 43 total yards. All right. At the wide receiver position, Mike Evans, 12 targets, 7 receptions, just 67 yards. Um, it should be noted that he was taking on Xavier Rhodes in the Minnesota defense, so and maybe not, no long-term concern there. Knocking over coolers on the sideline. Oh, and he stuff. was so frustrated, man. A- angry, angry Mike. Oh, my God, he was so angry. Alshon Jeffrey, eight targets, four receptions, 56 yards. This after a week two performance where he put up 93 and a touchdown against Marcus Peters. This was a bit of a disappointment there. But, uh, again, uh, against Janoris Jenkins was in that game, wasn't yes. Yeah. Yes, yep. he? Yes, was. So there you go. Uh, Martavis Bryant, eight targets, two receptions. And 30 yards. He is averaging 45 yards per game through three games. I will ask you this. Panic meter here on Martavis Bryant. Eight targets, two receptions. That's not good. Yeah. The first play of the game for the Steelers, Big Ben just unloaded a deep ball, and Martavis was wide open down the middle. And it was like – I think he might have got his hands on it, but it was just out of his reach. Like maybe one or two more games, and that would have been – they would have been on the same page with that, with the timing and stuff. 
I'm not. That gives me I'm not, no. not freaking out, but I think he's going to be volatile week right. to week. He yeah. does get. He does get a lot of those lower percentage throws though, and he right does. now he's 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 kind of like Martavis Ginn, basically. Like you need him to. You need him to, in that. Just <laughs> you need him to hit on. You need him to hit yeah. on a a big uh, a big play. Yes, I love it. At the tight end position, let's talk about disappointments, of which there were many. Travis Kelsey, <laughs> one reception, one yard. Oh my god! <laughs> what? One yeah. target. One. What's happening there? That makes no sense. Martellus Bennett, three receptions, twelve yards. I. I, again, What's your panic meter on Martellus oh, Bennett is the new star fantasy tight end? Done. Uh, R.I.P. Martellus, R.I.P. P. Ryan. Told you. I, I apologize. Three receptions, 12 <laughs> yards for Martellus. He just, it looks like it's in his head. I think it is. I, it, he could get right later in the season, but he has a lot of weird drops and stuff. From Weird like, drops. This is not the Martellus very, Bennett I'm used to. Exactly. Very uncharacteristic drops, man. I don't know. It just, he doesn't, it just, he just doesn't seem right mentally, man. I don't know what the hell's going on there. Hunter Henry. They've played three games, San Diego has. Oh, excuse me, L.A. has. They've played three games. Hunter Henry has seen zero targets in two of those three games. It, uh, yeah, what? every other game. Start him. That's it's, a trend. Uh, that's a, that's the it's trend. a nightmare right now. I don't think, like, I think it's okay to drop him and just try zero and make him stream. Like, he's a streamer. He's a streamer now. He's a streamer. Zero targets. Twice for a player of his talent. No Eric Berry. That's amazing. Zero targets. But so here's the thing. I was thinking about this last night. When I was writing the targets and touches, and not the same degree, but Tyrell Williams has kind of been the same way. Like seven targets, five targets, seven targets. He's done nothing with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem is this Chargers pass catching group and overall offense is, is crowded. And we knew that coming into the season, but I think what we might have underrated is that Keenan Allen is still like the funnel receiver of this yeah. offense. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. nine, 10, 10, and 9 targets through his first three games. Very efficient been, as well. He's been awesome. Yeah. Uh, so there's just not a lot of like room for these guys to pick more meat off the bone. Uh, so they're going to be super high variance week right. to week. And I don't think either one of them, Williams or Henry, uh, is a priority hold. I mean, Travis Benjamin is outplaying Williams so far. I am absolutely so happy for Keenan Allen. Uh, the fact that he has come back from these random injuries and Homer—that's also true. Go oh, that's that's fair. <laughs> Eric Eric Ebron, two receptions, nine yards. Uh, I talk about a guy that just—I I don't know, man. I don't think he's got it. I don't know if you harsh. I mean, he'll no, put up two I, touchdowns next week. I get he's it. Like, he's got it. No, no, I get it. But I—it's just watching him play. It's—he's uh, a big, athletic target, and, and they try to get him going. They try so hard to get Eric Ebron going. I just don't think he's got it, man. I don't think he's got that that it, you know what I mean? I think he's a good player overall, but funneling targets to him just in that offense with those weapons just to me doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, he had one reception for four yards as well. Ugh. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's like, all your, it's like, oh, great, all our Vikings did win. Kyle Rudolph's like, oh. <laughs> well, what about you <laughs> <me> guys? <laughs> Let's talk about your target leaders here. Uh, and, uh, by the way, you can catch this, uh, NFL.com target, or excuse me, touches targets. Also, just NFL.com slash targets. We make that one of them, them, them as well. It's a much easier one to get okay, to. Okay, there you go. NFL.com slash targets. And this is... <laughs> I mean, this is a goldmine of information. You guys absolutely should read this, by the way. Seriously, must read. Uh, because targets and touches, man, that is the lifeblood of fantasy football. Name of the game, baby. It is absolutely the name of the game. All right. Uh, Doug Baldwin, Emmanuel Sanders, 15 targets each. Uh, Antonio Brown, 14 targets. OBJ and A.J. Green, 13 targets. It was good to see A.J. Green yes. uh, get such a large target share. 50%. As well. 
Pretty good. A literal half. All the good players got targets. Pretty good. Uh, yes. At the running back position, Ty Montgomery saw 12 targets, and Christian McCaffrey saw 11 targets as well. That's uh, that's a lot, man. Um, at the tight end position, Jimmy Graham saw 11 targets. Gronk and Ertz saw 10 targets as well. All right. So, uh, waiver wire now. Alex Gelhar writes a terrific piece. NFL.com slash waiver wire. Uh, give me two names you would pick up off the waiver wire this week. Well, I'm going to give you three quick because we mentioned Chris Thompson off the top. Uh, he was he was a huge ad last week. He's a must own. His role, you got to get him. If he's still available in your league. Must own. I know, like, oh, my league is competitive. Yeah. We're, he's already taken. But plenty Whatever, of leagues, bro. he's not owned. Go get him. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Charles is somebody I think should be picked up because um, he has been looking good, and he's been splitting time <sighs> with C.J. Anderson. How the hell did I drop Jamal I- Charles? <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. It's okay, James. But it's a case where I I would expect C.J. Anderson to come back and probably still lead this backfield in touches. But dropping Jamal Charles for Samaj P. Ryan, I know. Oh no! I know. I know it. That's double trouble for you. I know it. I know it's going to be just like my my God. Why did I do that? All right, go. Uh, And then the other guy I think is a is a good ad this week is Brandon Oliver, especially for Melvin Gordon owners. He left he left that game briefly with a knee injury, and he's got Uh, he was coming into it. But Oliver was uh, right behind him in in snaps, or he might have actually finished ahead of him in snaps, and he's a guy that we've seen uh, in spot starts in the past come in and produce really Hold well, up. too. Producer Chris? Chargers corner. Can yes. we get the? Can we get an update on Melvin Gordon? What What are you hearing? We don't have an update yet. I mean, he, he was running really strong in that first half, which was a real shame. That's why, you know, Philip Riverstone's interceptions yeah. kind of negated that. Uh, but I think he only had two carries in the second half. So uh, he got injured, came back. Tried to give it a go. He couldn't on, give it a go. He was on the injury report coming in right. after the game. I saw him work, working out pregame, and then he looked he looked great in that first half. And then two carries in the second half. So something we're going to have to monitor. They play the Eagles on Sunday. Um, so we'll get an update yep. on him throughout the week. But I agree with, with Alex. Brandon Oliver, um, he, he's a guy that if Gordon can't go, he's going to get the volume because there's not a lot of other guys. Austin Eckler is there, but I think Brandon Oliver would be the guy. It's a it's Austin an afternoon game Eckler. too, so that thins out your that thins out your uh, players to add like last minute if Gordon is you know because it could be one of those cases where all week they're like oh he's he's on track to play he's on track to play he's on track to play and then you're sitting there watching the early games and it's like Ian Rappaport's like oh Melvin Gordon's out Brandon Oliver's going to be the guy and you're like ah! <laughs> so <laughs> if you're a Gordon owner especially add Brandon Oliver this right, week just I like be safe. It. better do it all right let's do EDG take. Takeaways. Every damn game and the takeaways we got here in week three. We're going to go hit every single game. We'll go to London, Baltimore at Jacksonville. Matt Harmon, what takeaways do we have? Oof. Ravens. Oof. Uh, Should we just move on? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not not much to say. I mean, this is a this is a bad offense that has suffered a lot of injuries on the a offensive lot of line, injuries. a lot of absences uh, too, just in general. And yep. their quarterback is is broken. And uh, yeah, no, really don't want. Uh, I know Buck Allen was kind of like the the prize of the we- the early waiver wire, but yeah. I think you should still be nervous. I mean, they rotated all three of their backs. I mean, even Alex Collins was getting in there looking good. So I don't really think you want to be too sure. The only guy I feel kind of okay about is Jeremy Macklin, and like I really emphasize, kind of okay. <laughs> Uh, to, to to your point, Danny Woodhead like lost for a while. Marshall Yonda gone for the season. Joe Flacco dealing with a herniated disc. So, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's ben, problematic. Ben Watson, baby. Ben Watson. Even his playing time went down from like over eighty plus percent to right. down to like sixty something percent. Which doesn't surprise me that much. But okay, Denver at Bills. Gelhar, what do you got? Uh, we already mentioned the C.J. Anderson Jamal Charles split. Um, yep. so that's something to take note of. Trevor Simeon. Played okay. He made a couple ghastly interceptions, oh, but yeah. against a very good defense on the road. So I don't think it's time to panic. He could bounce back. But also, like, 
Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are one of the most concentrated receiving tandems in the NFL. They had 24 of his 40 targets this past week. You're starting them every week. Yep. And, like, they both – they always have a safe floor, especially in PPR. Like, t- t- uh, on Sunday, they had, like, 90 and 70-some yards and a bunch of catches. Like, just lock them into your lineups. I, I think if you've got them, don't, just don't worry about them and – ride the the slow wave and then hope for some peaks <laughs> which is why it was so frustrating when we saw Benny Fowler and two TDs and, and, and all point. these guys get these t- random touchdowns anyways uh Pittsburgh at Chicago French what you got uh we talked about Jordan Howard Tariq Cohen Martavis Bryant but the big takeaway for me is Lev Bell finally got in the, hey, in the end zone yay Le'Veon Bell talk about back. talk about preseason being 97% of the snaps so. hello there you go Bucks at Vikings Matt Harmon what do you got I think we've kind of hit this game pretty well yeah, throughout, we the, pretty hard, throughout yeah. the podcast. Oh, you know what? I will ask you a question on this one, though. Yes. Jameis Winston doesn't look right. No. Yeah, well, I mean, he, I don't know. He looks like Jameis Winston. Yeah. Like, he's prone to just, like, ugly, <sighs> ugly games against against good defenses, too, which, I, I mean, mean, playing yes in Minnesota. No. He's, he's new Brett Favre. Uh, he's going to make those plays that make you go, wow. And then he's also going to make you plays that go, wow, Jameis. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention, I mean, they just, like, they got bumped off their game script right away. This yeah. is a team that does want to run the ball. They could not do that. They they really just were never in position to do that against Minnesota trailing right away. Um, I, I do think one thing to take away from this game, like you okay. mentioned, Mike Evans, shut down pretty well. I mean, kept not shut down, but kept in check by Xavier Rhodes yeah. most of this game, covered right. him for over 72% of his pass plays. But Deshaun Jackson, sure enough, yeah. four for 84 and a touchdown, much like Mart- uh, Martavis Bryant went for three 90-plus and a touchdown in week two. I think that is something to monitor going forward. Explosive uh, for number twos. Yeah, because, I mean, Trey Waynes, Terrence Newman, Tremaine Brock, those guys are susceptible to getting burned by the deep ball. So, yeah. you know, but when, you, when you've got a number one going against him that it looks like Xavier Rhodes is going to track, the number two receiver might be interesting. Miami taking on the Jets in New York. Alex Gelhar, what do you got? Eat it, Arby's. Eat it, Arby's. This game was awful. Uh, well, for fantasy, uh, the Jets passing offense, like McCown might be on the streaming radar, but as predictably, Jermaine Curse fell back to earth after his touchdowns and Robbie right. Anderson got a deep one this time. He did? The Miami offense, WTF, but – I don't know. Serious. Thank the fantasy gods for garbage points for yeah. everybody that started Devontae Parker. <laughs> or and, Jay Cutler. And those of us that streamed Jay Cutler because that last touchdown was a saving grace. Uh, <laughs> it was the, so unnecessary. I, I know. I know. I was like, I hope they don't just kneel it and call I know. it a game. I They win a, for it. I thought that's a I'm so glad yeah. they did. Um, oh but God, Miami so has funny. to travel on the road, I think, to, or to London well, to play yes, the yes, Saints yes, uh, cool. next week. So. It'll be interesting to see uh, to to hear about what the team is doing and how they're preparing for that because yeah. that would be a game where you'd expect that offense to get going against yeah, the Cutler's Saints. Cutler's thrown four touchdowns next week. Yeah, just lock it up after after like obviously a letdown in a in a in a spot that like we all even we all even said like yeah Jay Cutler's a good streamer but yeah, yeah, yeah. would it we surprise any of us? <laughs> so what you're saying is I should drop Tom Brady for Jay Cutler? Yes, you yes, are. obviously. Gotcha. You Puke. Uh, Check. A- ATL at Detroit. Franchise. Oh, man, this game ended in a bad way if you're a Lions fan. That's they, not cool, They man. took a touchdown away from Uncool. Golden State. Would have been his second touchdown of the game. He had 11 targets, seven receptions. Indeed. Uh, only 58 receiving yards. Also, Matt Ryan threw three picks in this game. Yeah. Not great, Bob. Nah. But Julio Jones did well. Devonta Freeman did well. Uh, By the way, Detroit backfield remains sad. Sad. Oh, they can't run the ball. Tevin Coleman had 89 scrimmage Well, and like, they're, they're, they're very talented players, but for fantasy it's sad because yes. those roles are just chopped up in a way that like makes it – Entirely unappetizing for fantasy. For, what, for whatever reason, they can't they can't block holes open for these guys. It's just I don't know. It, unless it's off tackle and they're depending on speed, Detroit cannot run the ball inside. Liter- literally cannot. Otherwise, 
they're actually getting pretty decent pass uh, pass protection. So it, it, I don't know. It, it's an offensive line I think that's good in pass pro, but not good running the ball. So I don't really know what to do with Amir Abdullah. But um, no but man, touchdowns yet for Abdullah. I know. Well, and the efficiency has been bad. He bad. Uh, New Orleans taking on Carolina in Carolina. Matt Harmon. Yeah, I mean, obviously we talked Carolina's offense is 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 broken right now for a number of different reasons. Uh, mm -hmm. Christian McCaffrey ended up with nine catches in, in this game for over 100 yards. Uh, I think you can probably expect that going forward with the lack of passing game options, though I don't think that is a good thing overall for Carolina's offense. Uh, but New Orleans is, is, is interesting because, I mean, this Carolina defense coming into this game looked like one of the best units in the league, mm -hmm. and New Orleans was, you know, fine against them from an offensive standpoint. It's – I, they, we still haven't seen the best of this unit, uh, in my opinion. And Willie Sneed comes back next week. Oh, that's um, another guy on the waiver wire. Yep, he's he was there. on he was on my list because his percentage has dropped in each of the past two weeks. And also, just another one quick while we're talking about guys whose percentage has dropped. Joe Mixon dropped in a surprising amount of leagues. He still owned widely across NFL.com, but a lot well, of people just check. Yeah, just, just check. There was a, in our hipsters listener league. I know he was dropped. So yeah, oh, wow. it, it happens. Okay, uh, but yeah, no, I think I think the Saints offense. Uh, Michael Thomas. On the first drive, went five for five, for five caught a touchdown, uh, ended up with over 80 yards on the day. So he did nothing after the first drive. It was so funny. I was disappointed. Well, I barely, barely needed to, to, to be that's honest. True. I mean, the Saints controlled this game throughout. Right. So no, that, right. that's what I'm saying. I, we haven't seen the best yet of the Saints offense. Okay, there you go. Uh, by the way, I, I'm, I'm excited about Alvin Kamara. I think he's starting to carve a pretty decent role out in this offense. He looks like a bigger, more explosive, like Darren Sproles type. Yeah, uh, in this offense, Darren Sproles type. I, I actually yeah. wrote in targets and touches. I would not be surprised if he kind of usurps the Adrian Peterson role. Interesting. <laughs> At some point this what season, Peterson is, is not know. been efficient. He's not getting snaps. Yeah. He's trending down and Kamara's trending up. So. Mark Ingram, though, quietly getting it done is like a low-end flex play. Yes. 16 touches, 86 low yards. He is the lead play. back. I mean, yeah, it's not right. great because they're still giving Peterson 11 touches. But, like, it, yeah, it's like, well, he's going to give me six points. I think he's that's something. That's something in the running back market today. Yeah, it is, especially once these bye weeks hit. I mean, it's it, it's interesting to me when people want to make trades early on in the season because it's like, bro, yeah, you have two good running backs right now, but what happens when the bye weeks hit, and what happens when injuries hit? I, I'd rather have the depth right now, yeah, uh, and then load up for the future. But yeah, I, that's like, just oh, me. is Elijah McGuire worth the pickup? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland uh, taking on Indianapolis. Alex Gelhar. No, we, we kind of already talked about the Colts side of this a little bit. So on the, on the Brown side, I mean, if you streamed Kaiser, he was okay. He's going to have some spots in, in good matchups. But I think the bigger discussion is in the backfield where Isaiah Crowell, this yeah. was a game where we thought he was going to get going. 12 carries, 44 yards. I mean, it, they they got they <laughs> fell down right away, uh, I think, in this game. But Duke yeah. Johnson, after week one, Playing zero snaps in the backfield has right. now played, I think, like 70 or 80% of his snaps in the backfield about each that of the last two weeks. That touchdown run oh, was spectacular. How Real. about that touchdown? He was, like, done five, five yards behind the line of scrimmage and then just took it and um, dove, and it was crazy. So what we'll need to watch moving forward is if he does start getting more touches. He's in that Chris Thompson zone right now where yeah. he had a great week this week. Only had eight touches, and six of them were through the air. So Crazy. if he does start eating into Crowell's workload from the backfield, I'm that's going to be bad man. news for the Crow and good news for Duke Dang it. I'm worried about the Crow, man. I think he's 
Ooh, boy. Oh, I, boy. Just one thing here. I think it would be unfair if I didn't uh, mention Richard Higgins. Yes, we need uh, to uh, yes. get some in-memoriam memo- in music. <laughs> yeah, look, I uh, I tweeted this out after the game yesterday. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am meeting with my team of lawyers later this week to craft an official statement okay, on good. his stat line. Uh, for now, I did tweet out a bitmoji with a cheer up and cool. a smile face. Perfect. Cool. Uh, oh, so that's hopefully that... Cool thank bit you. emoji, Hopefully bro. That, thank you. I appreciate that. Rashard Higgins, uh, for those listening, two catches, 10 yards on six targets. Started oh, Rashard Higgins over Diggs. I wouldn't. This guy. Oh. This guy. That's a that's a, a kick in the kick in the nuts for yeah, sure. But I I uh, I would not like go out wow. and like drop Rashard Higgins. But it's probably not going to happen. Quite well, I mean, as... he was dropping the ball. Oh. Well, why wouldn't you drop him? Like I said, I'm I'm crafting an official <laughs> statement to 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 come For, forthcoming official statement on this issue. Oh right, we should keep God. trucking. We're running Houston, Houston taking on the Pats. French, what you got? I mean, dang it, Texans! You almost had them. Almost, you almost had them, and then Tom Brady in the last seconds. Uh, the well, o- the other thing too is, what is that DB doing? Like, why are you trying to pick that ball off? Push him out of bounds. Exactly, just, or just hit him, knock the ball out. What like, are you? Do- he's trying to pick it. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what happened there, but anyway, Brandon Cooks 131 yards and two touchdowns. I Finally, know. the Brandon second Cooks one was something. so unnecessary. It was very unnecessary. Oh my also, God. my other big takeaway here: going against Brandon Cooks, <laughs> uh, Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman, yes, uh, was the RB 24 in standard with nine points, 11 PPR points. Interesting. He had 65 oh. receiving yards thanks to two catches of over 30 yards. Yeah, go get this guy if he's still available. Man. He need, he was in my okay. waiver column. He, he needs to be, be added. He yes. Lamar Miller's still the lead back right now, but like. I think he's his. Foreman's he's holding on standalone value. Yeah, exactly. his grip like, on that ah! is ten Miller's years. Miller's washed. Yes, Miller's like in a movie. He's hanging on from the cliff, and like you know? one finger at a time keeps slipping off from his Just, grip from yeah, the lead man. job. Yep. Oh my goodness! All right, Seattle. Excuse me, New York Giants taking on Philadelphia. What a great finish to this game! Some random rookie kicker kicking a sixty-one yarder for the game. Winner. Oh, it was awesome! Oh my god, what a great game! And the Giants started this game very much like, well. They this is still here, here they, they go again. They still suck, uh, <laughs> but they got going in the second half. And I mean, Odell Beckham took over in the second half, scoring both of his two touchdowns yep. uh, as the game was on the line. One was just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that catch was, was absurd. Crazy. He's he's back for sure. He looked he looked good there in the second half. One thing that I think the Giants did really switch up uh, from their first two games per Next Gen stats. Their first two games, two over two point eight seconds time to throw in week one, over two point six in week two. Eli Manning all the way down to just 2.01 time to throw. That's quick. Second fastest of week three. So I think they definitely were like, all right, let's get the ball out quick. I mean, Marshall under 10 yards per reception. Beckham under 10 yards per reception. Obviously got some red zone targets there. But even Sterling Shepard, I mean, he had a big seven for 133 and a touch, but he took that 177 yards. So they're definitely just getting the ball out quick, which makes sense. I mean, I've, I've, not been a big Ben McAdoo fan, but this was a nice adjustment to see. Get the ball out quick. Don't don't force the ball downfield uh, right. for a team that can't protect. Also, for go. the record, Sterling Shepard, though, next week plays that Bucks banged up secondary, and if the Giants employ the same strategy, could be a decent pickup and plug-and-play. And, play and Shepard, I mean, he's he's a good player. He's, Very good player. He's their be- second-best receiver after Beckham right now to me, uh, and it was an ugly first two games for him, I mean, from just a 
fantasy standpoint. Yeah. Uh, but that's because you can't run your offense to your slot receiver. We've talked about that a lot. Now they have Beckham back. That opens things up in the middle field. There you go. Yeah. Seattle taking on the Titans in a hard-hitting game. High scoring, though. Uh, Alex Gellhar, what do you got? Uh, we kind of talked about the Seattle side of this, but I want to give out one thing. Um, the DeMarco Murray, he had a great game. He looks back a little bit, which was a surprise because the hamstring dogged him all week. Exactly. Um, bad news bears for everybody that started DeMar- uh, Derrick Henry because he got a thigh bruise right away and then was pulled <laughs> oh! much of the game. Terrible. However, worth well, noting, um, if you're streaming fantasy defenses, do not stream them against the Titans offense through three weeks. Hmm. They have uh, opposing defensive scored a combined zero points against the Titans what? offense. Wow. They had two negative one-point showings and uh, one two-point outing. So I guess, I guess it makes sense given their they, offensive line. Their offensive line is great. great. He doesn't get sacked. Mariota rarely turns the ball over, yeah. and they, they clock control. So. Right. Also, the Seahawks are being gashed by running backs. Yes, that is worth noting, they too. They give up a bunch that of yards no to Carlos Hyde sense. in week two, and then yesterday. Back-to-back weeks. How yeah. do you trade for Sheldon Richardson, one of the best run-stuffers in the game, and just get continually gashed by running backs. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. I'll tell you what. When you're on the field for you know 25 of the first 30 minutes of the game, though, that, that is uh, that that's makes an issue. That's, that's a, a good issue. point. Uh, should be noted as well. Chris Carson, 11 carries. Thomas Rawls, Eddie Lacy, zero. Yeah, Car- Carson's featured back for let, now. Let so the Chris can, Carson like, era begin. You can play him. I mean, it's it's lower up. It still feels a little lower upside right now, but he is the featured back for now. Yeah. Roll with him while you got it. And uh, his touchdown was receiving. I had re- I had written about this. Uh, <laughs> I know, isn't that crazy? Yeah, you know what I mean. CJ Process had a decent game yeah, too. It was okay. Um but we uh, I had written about this in, in uh Kono's uh, regarding Chris Carson but Pete Carroll does not do committees. So if you're thinking, "Oh, well, you know, I got Thomas Rawls, maybe it's going to be a Thomas Rawls Chris Carson committee." Yeah. Pete yeah. Carroll don't do committees, man. Yeah. So, um you got to if you whoever you got, and I'm not saying drop Thomas Rawls, but if you have Thomas Rawls uh, or you got Chris Carson, find out if they're starting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If and if Thomas Rawls is starting, if all the practice reports are good, I would, I'd be okay rolling with it. That being said, if you have Chris Carson and you find out Thomas Rawls is starting, I might be a little wary starting Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, he doesn't do in-game. He doesn't do committees like within each individual game. That's right. But the spotlight moves from guy yes, to guy. That's exactly the season. right. Uh, Kansas City taking on the Chargers. French, what you got? Yeah, we talked a lot about this game already. One guy Good we didn't indeed. mention, Tyreek Hill. Uh, five receptions, 77 yards, and a touch. He's had two really nice games now to start the year. So. Indeed. I think we're at a point, just real quick, I yes. think we're at a point where because this is still an Alex Smith-led conservative offense that I don't think we should expect uh, like Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill to both be able to hit their ceilings. I see what like you're saying. Week to week. Because, I mean, if you look at it, yeah. Franchise says he's had two nice games. Right. The one sandwich in the middle there is the one where Travis Kelsey, Kelsey went, went off for 100 and a touch. So right. that might be something to – and I don't really know how you – how do you going to differentiate that yeah. between that one? Right. But it just it seems like an area that that's not going to happen. Week okay. To week. There you go. Cincinnati taking on the Packers. We'll stay with you, Matt Harmon. Well, Bill, Bill Lazor, uh, new offensive coordinator there, just came in and was right away like, all right, we're going to just follow the hashtag, just throw it to your good players. Yeah. Uh, because A.J. Green, we mentioned 50% of the targets. And, right. you know, his usage was never anything to panic over. He had 10 targets, 8 targets. Yeah. Uh, Andy Dalton still not playing great. I mean, he the end of the game, he started out fine, but – Started to wither as the game went on. Uh, so, I mean, that's going to make Green a little volatile, but it is what it is. Uh, Joe Mixon's the other big story. He played 57% of the team's plays. Yeah, buddy. Uh, Jeremy Hill, 23%. Gio Bernard down to 20%. Mm. Uh, and Mixon got And still got the carries. touchdown. Of course. God, yeah, geez. I know. Dang it. All right, so. there you go. I think we've uh, hit Oakland, Washington to death. So we'll Agreed. close out with a round of daily daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the daily daps. Give me daps, cause I be scribbling right.
Daily dap time. We shall go to the Magical Beard of Fantasy. Matt Franciscovich, what do you got? I'm going to daily daps his ice cream spot. No, okay. A called Salt and Straw. Right. Oh, so you guys straw. been there? So good. Yeah. So good. So good. Uh, I've been there twice now in like the last three weeks because we just keep going back. Uh, <laughs> but I, for the first time, I had the roasted strawberry and toasted white chocolate on a waffle cone. Unbelievable. And my life, I, I think I went to heaven. <laughs> While I was eating it, I'm actually just a ghost sitting I here. See. You're just a good. husk of because a human being, and like your yes. your soul already went. Yes. You know what I find interesting it was about so I, good. I, you know what I find interesting about ice cream places. What? It's it this and this has stayed true for like the last thirty years. You go to ice cream places because you can get flavors there you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. So like Baskin Robbins when they had their 31 flavors or whatever it was, it used to just be that you could only get like vanilla and chocolate at the grocery stores. But you could go to Baskin Robbins to get this crazy strawberry ice cream or you know what it was? Right. Cookies and cream. Yeah. Oh, cookies and cream. Sign me up. This is crazy. But th- but once those became more mainstream, it's like salt and straw. You still go there because where the hell else are you going to get a yeah. roasted strawberry? I know. It's you know very essential. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, there's a lot of places like this, but they have like a seasonal rotation where they you can do. only get certain flavors certain months of the year. So and you go, you taste the seasonal one, you get your standard. And they make their waffle cones in-house. <sighs> and let me tell you, when you walk in those it doors. It was so good, man. Oh, baby. All yeah. right, there you go. Alex Gellhart, what do you got? Uh, two things for me. One, first, very excited for the return of You're the Worst on FX. Okay. Uh, it's one of my favorite favorite shows on the air. Uh, just kind of like a anti-hero sitcom i guess i'd call it like where they're obviously it's called you're the worst the people aren't that great but i think the writing's <laughs> i think the i think the writing's really sharp and they've uh-huh. got really interesting characters and they dive into some really interesting storylines so great. actually it's on fxx i believe i always forget the delineation with what's on fx and what's on fxx right and soon they'll have xxx and then they'll have <laughs> fx8 fx8 the ocho <laughs> fx the ocho uh and then also wanted to give a daily daps to there's a tennis player uh her name's Monica Monica Puig. She is from Puerto Rico, and she's doing a very similar like JJ Watt type of campaign where she's uh, fundraising for Puerto Rico. Which I mean, in case you didn't know, because a lot of other dumb stuff came up over the weekend and right. was in the national spotlight. Like Puerto Rico's still like without power yes. for almost the entire country. Right. And, like, these are also a lot of American citizens. I'm yes, not like right. you know go right. throw go throw your money to some foreign country, which we should no. also do. We should also help everybody in the world. But like this is an extension of America, and it is. like it's just an afterthought right now. So. I tweeted out the link to her campaign. You can donate. I donated last week. Just, you know, a few bucks. Throw in, throw in five, ten bucks or whatever to help, you know, our fellow people down there because they have, they have just been absolutely devastated I don't know if, if you've seen this video, but there is apparently one working cell tower in uh, Puerto Rico, and it's off of, like, a freeway, right? So, like, there is a line of cars to drive by this cell phone tower. So you can call, like, So you can call in. You get a couple minutes just to oh. call in and tell people, hey, I'm good. Well, like, yeah, because there's no cell tower, so people Damn. don't even know if their relatives down there That's what are, I'm saying. what their status it's is, crazy. if they have food, water, power, if they're safe. Like, right. So whatever you can whatever you can ship in, like, it's it's uh, it's a dire situation. So Matt Harmon, appreciate everybody helping out. What do you got? Yeah, I'm just going to keep it simple here and just dap this weekend of football, man, because <sighs> it was so good. Like it started from it started from <laughs> Thursday night with like the game of the freaking year. What a year. tone setter that was! Uh, you know, Rams 49ers, <laughs> Goffy Brian Hoyer in a legit phenomenal game. Like yes. it had everything. Everyone and, was you know, everyone was poo pooing it. Yes, which I understand. 
But man, that game was good. Yeah, you remember yeah, there was that meme we shared in our text of the oh, the, the, the guy the guy with the red solo <laughs> yeah, cup yeah, who makes yeah. like the ooh no face <laughs> like when they advertised that first TNF game like Rams 49ers somebody photoshopped that guy's yeah. face into like, it. Nope. Well, yeah. suck it, person who made that meme. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, la- I laughed a lot at oh, that for meme, sure, for but sure. like that game. The NFL is making that Pretty face good. like back to everybody. Yeah, right. Yeah, took shots at it. Yeah. Oh, you didn't like it. you didn't like Thursday night football. Yeah. So it was just it was awesome. It was one of those like and I mean even after Sunday yesterday. It was just one of those things. Like, I mean, yeah, we're here like twelve hours of the right. day, all, all of us together doing this, doing this thing on Sunday, working, and it's like it's pretty awesome that we that we get to do this and uh, to get like in the middle of the day after those first games, be like, I need a cigarette right now. Yeah, <laughs> it was that was a lot. The ending. And I don't even care. I don't even like. I don't even care about any of this. Like in terms of my, I don't have a you know. Oh, Scott Hansen's head was. Spinning. It was one of those days where which I love like in the newsroom because everybody's working a lot, but everybody's also watching football. Yeah. And you got so many of those. Pops were yep. like uh, the Tariq Cohen overtime run. Yeah. It was like, whoa! What, and happened, I've, what happened? And I've heard, you know, other media places like aren't a little bit more like, mm, let's keep it. Let's don't keep so as, as much as, you know, and again, maybe I'm just, I don't know why I would want to, but here I am like, yeah, NFL, you're so great, but thanks for hiring me. Uh, but like, you know, Way for as much, yourself. yeah, for as much, oh, shut up. For as much, <laughs> for as much grief as like the NFL gets for, uh, for, not being fun. Yeah. It, they let us have a lot of fun here on Sunday. Yeah, man. It was that those and those group of games went by so fast too. Yeah, they did. I mean, you were the, we were here for 12 hours and honestly, it was like like that. It was, didn't feel like that until the last hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Hour. But I mean, <laughs> it, there was a well, it was a 15-minute stretch, right? Where it was Tom Brady uh game winner to Brandon yep. Cooks. Uh then we had uh the Lions. Th- then we had the Lions, uh, the Bears Steelers finish. Oh my god. Then the Eagles and then Giants. Eagles Giants and then overtime. Packers overtime. And then even yeah. in the afternoon. What the hell? Yeah. Titans came down to the last crazy. minute. Oh. Packers overtime. Geronimo they, Allison. They, oh. The Eagles won on a 61-yard field yeah, goal that's kick. Right too. That's great. Incredible. Of a great afternoon and evening of football, uh, I will daily daps uh, Adam Rank in the danger zone because, uh, first of all, Adam Rank came up with this concept for the danger zone, and I, and I convinced him to bring it over to the – to the network side, but uh, and so he's been gracious enough to let me kind of tag along. But um, in a week where I literally, literally went 0 for 8 in my fantasy leagues, wow, benching all kinds of great players. I, I benched Dalvin Cook for Marshawn Lynch, yeah, I, and just aren't I mean, you, just a comedy of errors everywhere. Aren't you supposed to be an expert? All right, calm down. Uh, 0 for 8, I believe, in uh, in all of my leagues across the board. In a in a week. That was like that, and I and I should be like in a blanket crying. I was so happy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because all three danger zone picks hit. Ben Watson, Jacoby Brissett, and then Geronimo Allison randomly at wow. the end. Buck twenty two. He put Buck up. 22. That's amazing. Nice. It was amazing. And so in a week where I go zero for eight, I was through the moon because all three random ass danger zone picks. Hit. I love you and I were talking about how Allison like was still a smart pick and he has I think he had like five for fifty or yeah, something it was like okay. that in the edges game. You're like like you're okay You'll like, in a deep right. league. Yeah. Like I picked yeah, up like this undrafted wide receiver for sure. the Packers. Yeah. And then he catches that <laughs> seventy yarder in overtime. Just perfect. Just and, perfect. And uh and I think uh, I don't know if you guys were in the newsroom, but I Lost my ish. I did. I was not there, but I heard. You were, I was you were there. there. I was there. Completely. Yeah, Gellar wasn't in the room, but he still heard you from the other building. <laughs> I, was, I was across campus, I, and I, I heard James. It. I absolutely lost it. All right, so there you go. That is the show. Oh, producer Chris, give me a daily dap, my friend. Uh, you know what? I saw a good movie on Saturday. I took a great. football. Stronger. 
with Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, kind of, nice. I want to check yeah, that out. A limited release. It was really good, man. It was they had some funny parts, some serious parts. It was based on a true story. I think guy Jeff Bauman, who lost his legs in the uh, Boston Marathon bombings. Uh, but it's just an overall great flick, man. I, cool. I suggest everybody check it out. All right, there you go. That's your show for producer Chris, for the WizKid from Wisconsin, Alice Kale Harm, Matt Harmon, boy, young boy, and the magical beard of fantasy, Matt Franciscovich. I am James Coe. We'll see you. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.